Welcome back to Game Fathers, the podcast game show featuring the artist, Samuel, the gamer, Sean, the nerd. Join us as we compete to come up with the best gamified solutions to our daily experiences in Gamify This. We are rolling, and you are the host. Alrighty. Welcome back to Gamify This. I closed the dramatic music. Give me a second. Don't have people falling asleep right at the start of the episode. We gotta hype them up. How are you guys ready to get some gaming? I'm doing good, partner. What's up with you two? But I'm the British woman with a mustache. Today we have Samuel and Puzzle figuring, figuring out. What they're going to be gamifying today. Michael. Yes. Bring forth your burden. I'm but the peasant in your royal kingdom. Oh, no, no, don't master. start that again. How is your life, idiot? Uh, it's good. Samuel and I are looking at houses and our money and crying. But I am filing a demand letter to Allstate, which is not my insurance company. I don't know why I'm talking drunk. It's the insurance company of the people who smashed my old car. Because I believe it was their fault, even though the police report says it was neither of our fault. It also says that it was their fault, which is stupid. But I am willing to bring this to court. But the way that we're wording this demand letter, if they reject it, they are literally rejecting truth. So, Samuel, bring forth your burden. I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh... Supposed to be excited that my boss is letting me do whatever a manager does. I'm not getting paid the way a manager is. I didn't really ask to be a manager. I asked for a full-time position. The potential for moving up was always nice for me, but the whole staying longer will mean me moving up is also a lot of pressure on me, I guess. I'm just here for an experience, and I feel like they're asking me for 100% commitment. I want to be able to focus on my livelihood and have it supported. By my job. Uh, I'm really not sure how much of this we should keep in the recording. I've been gamifying work, though. So we have these uh, separate tests we do for a certain kind of swimming pool that doesn't use chlorine. And we test it with biguanide discs. So one day, as warehouse man, I'm like, you know what? One of my main things I want to do is keep the people who are like part-timers and stuff inspired. And so um, I cut out cartoon eyes, stuck a big eye on each of the packets. And the assistant manager asks me about it. I said, those are the big one-eyed discs. The big one-eyed oh! discs. Oh! So now, and I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's one <laughs> of these. I have to pull open the drawer and do this. You pulled open, there's all the eyes. So it makes that part a little more fun. The most boring or uninteresting parts of my life are the ones that I want to add something interesting to so they're more interesting. And then I'll see how they connect. Well, thank you guys for sharing your deepest, darkest secrets. We cut all that out, though. (laughs) You don't know anything, heckin' viewer. Okay, what's the game? Life Improvement. Wait, I... Objection, Your Honor. Objection overruled. This is the whole podcast! Stop it! I want to hear what... You need to hear him all the way out. Ten points away from puzzle for that. I'm talking about what is something that 
really flusters you specifically. You know, because people have pet peeves and like ice cream and, and punch Michael. Michael is really annoying and Samuel is a failing artist and I'm dumb. My greatest problem is I'm just annoying. <laughs> you're you're deadly violent. Samuel's a failing artist and I'm just annoying. <laughs> That's offensive that you didn't have an offense. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I have been failing ever since I hired Puzzle as my manager. <laughs> That's also consequential. That's consequential. No, no, circumstantial. <laughs> I said the opposite of what I meant to say. So, we all have personnel defects. Like, Blip. not necessarily biologically, but like, we have personality problems. And we have personal tendencies to go for this or that thing that's going to hurt us. We have issues in how we approach people socially. And we have bad ways that we interact with ourselves. I guess like cleaning up the inside of the car. What, what can you do to improve how you operate and your mental state and... Yeah. And that's how you win, the improvement part. Do you still have objection? Puzzle's just in a contrary mood right now. I think now. I've got it. Uh-huh. And I do agree, this one is more general, so that's not entirely unfounded, but I want to see what happens. No, 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 no. Puzzle's just wrong. <laughs> so, are you ready this, I'm for already. your first round? Yeah. The first round can be thought of as impressions. Think of impressions. When you think of self-improvement, what do you think of? And write down fluffy mechanics of the game. The, stru the main structure of the game is going to be later. What you're going to do now is look at specific things. Hey, that would be really cool in this kind of game. So, like, you're creating a pool of resources and stuff you want in the game and then later you can figure out how to put those together i thought that this week we're working on finding a flaw in ourselves and finding a system that helps us not have that flaw right so this round is what resources you'd like to have when given that flawed scenario no okay then i don't so, understand that's okay i still love you even though you're dumb <laughs> so puzzle we got raw material right it's like you want to make a movie you want to make a tv show but you're not sure what yet so you go through your um think tank well we're getting materials for the think tank and then you'll piece them together in the order that'll make a good story it's, later it's like sorting your puzzle pieces before you look at the picture none of these analogies have anything to do with the topic <sighs> should i go ahead and pitch mine sean yeah go ahead Okay. Okay. This game is called Escape from Destructopolis. Uh-huh. Destructopolis is the city of plush toys. Okay? So oh, this I remember game this just... from I remember this from uh, an episode. Oh, the Samo class tunes? Yeah. Oh yeah, sort of kind of sort of. 
Uh-huh. That was Miscellania. Yeah, yeah. Sean really likes that episode. So there's this village, I guess. I'm going to figure out the deeds later. But mm-hmm. everybody's a stuffed animal, a plush toy, you know. And uh, this place is going down in a fluffer kapluffle. Um, uh-huh. And uh, only three individual uh, plush toys are going to figure this out and realize that we need a solution. And one of them's a stuffed animal artist, one's a stuffed animal gamer, and one's a stuffed animal nerd. (laughs) And uh, what they realize is the very things they want to do, they keep undoing through their actions. So, like, there'll be something of, like, you know, the artist doing unart-related things um, as he's trying to make art. The gamer... Get, I can get I can get those bits figured out later, but um, they have to go outside of Destructopolis, which is risky because they're leaving the art, the game stuff, and the nerdy stuff behind. But it's because they all need to be fixed. It's all broken, right? Oh. And so they're leaving the broken stuff behind and going on a journey with nothing. And they realized the thing that was broken wasn't their equipment, but it had more to do with what's on the inside. The stuffing was wrong. They needed new stuffing. So maybe there's a place where you get stuffing and they've got to put new stuffing in themselves. The inside has to change. So they've got to remove the old stuffing and put new stuffing in. Um, and then bring back the new stuffing to the Destructopolis and stuff it in everyone. And yeah, everybody in Destructopolis in the last dev level won't quite agree. And y'all get into a big fight. And there's this whole um, civil battle against the three of us and the friends that we brought back with us. But in the midst of this battle, they realize Destructopolis is falling apart. And they all have to work together to fix it. And they use the uh, the stuffing, but that would be the final level and uh-huh. the story of the stuffed animals and their journey of self improvement. I've got a bit ready. So basically, uh, are you still confused? No, I've got something good. I'm just trying to make okay. my own version of it, but I think I've uh-huh. got something to work with here. All right. Good job on your readiness, Samuel. You got two points for that. It was unique and fun, too, so you got some points for that. Are you ready, Michael? Yes. Okay, so the title is Ego's Exodus. It's a psychological cyberpunk adventure in a dystopian cyberpunk future. So I'm just going to go over, like, some mechanics. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh... This is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) Just give me a second and then I'll be able to talk a little better. (laughs) Okay. You're good. The setting of the game is, of course, an AI takeover of the world, as every cyberpunk setting is. Um, But this villain likes to bring out the uh, insecurities in the protagonist. Um, And so... Things such as mirror maze puzzles where the protagonist must navigate through a series of mirrors symbolizing self-reflection. 
the mirrors could distort surroundings, representing distorted self-perception. As they progress, the reflections become clearer, showing their journey towards self-awareness and overcoming bad tendencies. Um, And also, there's also another mirror-involved one that involves aligning fragmented images in the mirror to form a cohesive picture, which serves as a metaphor of piecing together a shattered self-image and gaining a more balanced perspective on yourself. There's also... Man, everything's just mirrors. That's so cool. It's like a mirror maze. I I, I, I can't give this without like just explaining the whole thing. Yeah. So I think what we could do at this point is I just want to give the whole that, game. Just say that this was a really short round and then just now we move on to the next round, which is the whole game. I don't think I structured it the best, so I think it's two sided. Host? Yes? Oh! I get it! I am the host. I understand. This is round two, which is the whole game, which mayhaps have been the first round. Should I not have been a genius? You guys... Oh, yes. You guys have three minutes... Two. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> okay. Samuel, you have three minutes. Michael, you get two points for readiness. What now? Explain your game. Okay. This game is called Ego's Exodus. It is a game following a protagonist who's trying to confront their po- problem with narcissism. So the it follows this protagonist and their path as they confront the influence of a powerful AI-driven corporation that encourages narcissistic behavior for profit. Ooh! Um, initially, di- initially driven by their inflated ego and the desire to be recognized as the best in every field, the nerd story takes a darker turn as they delve deeper into the AI-driven corporation's manipulative schemes. The nerd must face the consequences of their actions and grapple with the realization that their need for validation has caused harm. There's also the uh, the artist and the gamer. <clears throat> and so, each protagonist's ability and gameplay mechanics will mirror their personality traits and personal struggles. The artist might use creative tools to solve puzzles, the gamer might not navigate virtual reality landscapes, and the nerd might manipulate technology and hack into systems. Pretty standard stuff with us three. That's not very unique. So, Did you just shoot your idea down? No, I'm, I'm just, I was just giving the basic... I was saying, artist is artist stuff, gamer does gamer stuff, nerd is nerd stuff, but it's oh, in okay. a futuristic cyberpunk state. But it's still the standard stuff. Each protagonist confronts personalized challenges within the headquarters that exploit their individual weaknesses and vulnerabilities, forcing them to rely on the growth they've achieved throughout the game. The nerd must face their own past actions and the consequences of narcissism. As the protagonist progresses, they realize that cooperation is essential. They must communicate effectively and use their distinct abilities to solve puzzles and overcome obstacles together. The, uh, the climax <clears throat> builds to a confrontation with the AI's mainframe, where the protagonist must utilize their newfound self-awarenesses and empathy to challenge the AI's manipulation. This could involve engaging in a high-stakes virtual battle that mirrors their inner struggles. 
As a, as a protagonist nerd navigates through the corporation's headquarters, they encounter virtual scenarios that mirror their past actions driven by narcissism. These scenarios force them to reevaluate re their choices and recognize the consequences of their self-centered behavior. This leads them to a central chamber where the AI mainframe resides. The AI confronts the nerd with a distorted representation of themselves, tempting them with the promises of unlimited power and recognition. This is a pivotal moment where he must choose between his old tendencies and the path of growth. The nerd's inner conflict manifests as a symbolic battle against an AI-generated avatar that represents their own ego. The battle incorporates mechanics that reflect the nerd's growth throughout the game. They must use their skills in a way that transcends ego-driven motivations, demonstrating their progress. And then, as the nerd makes the redemptive choice of acknowledging past mistakes and accepting the need for genuine connections and empathies, their avatar undergoes transformation, shedding the trappings of arrogance and embracing humility. The moment symbolizes the the nerd's inner transformation and inner transformation and signifies their <laughs> victory over narcissism. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? It? It's it's a bad badly fledged idea, and it's not really gamifying. It's making a game of it. Samuel, save me! One second, I'm almost there. Oh. This uh this stuffed animal story is something of an allegory, as every story should be. Now, what happens to us in our individual problems is we don't realize... What's this place called again? Destructopolis is living in a bubble. We are all inside this claw machine of a land. It's a world where all of us are breathing the same air, all of us are made of the same materials, and all of us are going in circles amongst ourselves. So, the artist, he is stuck. He's the stuckest anybody could be because he thinks he's coming up with all these brilliant new ideas and every time he gets ready to put them out, he's like, oh, somebody already had this idea. Never mind, he quickly grabs it back and hides it under his bed. That's important because they're all still there for later. The, his creations and stuff, he's like, man, I'm making these from, I'm making these from material that already was here. And, he, and he's kind of in a predicament. He's like, I feel something like I'm stuck. But he doesn't quite make the connection that he's stuck. He just realizes something's not right. And none of his stuff ends up leaving his home. And so nobody ends up seeing all the amazing things he can make. The gamer is dealing with a lot of trouble, troubling things. Nobody else thinks that this gamer is having any real problems. But he's like in a constant battle. When his friends try to visit him, he's like, Sorry, can't get out of my house right now. I'm dealing with something. And he goes back to his room, <laughs> sits down at his computer desk, and goes, Oh my gosh! Spins around his computer from his computer desk and starts punching in the air like he's fighting some sorts of demons. We don't see anything there. We're like, Man, what is wrong with this guy? Then we zoom over to the nerd, who is... Really, uh, something of a, I don't know if you say a philanthropist, benefactory. He, uh, he is a professor, though, and he teaches people things. 
and he uh, he goes away into detail on many things. And then somebody said, he's like, I, I can show you guys the meaning of life. I can show you the meaning of the universe. It's like, and then someone raises their hand and says, yes, but sir, what does it all mean? He's like, I showed you all of it. What do you mean, what does it mean? Good sir, what, what does it mean? We're in Destructopolis. And uh, we all find and we're ourselves. flashing between our we stories. All, we all, for our own various reasons. Yes, that was introducing each of us individually. Now we're all dealing with what we're dealing with, and something makes us each leave our homes. We're still in Destructopolis, but we all go out. I'm like explorer. I had my, I, I had something going on in my story that made me leave my house. You had something going on in your story, and we're just storming out. We all sit on the same bench, and we all sigh. Then we all turn and look at each other. And that is the beginning of the game. So, we decide that we're going to walk out. We're going to say, something's not right. And when we start hearing each other, it's like, it sounds like, it sounds like you've got a lot of problems. <laughs> we both turn to Sean and we're like, sounds like you have a lot of problems. Sean, specifically. Uh-huh. Or, or this, uh, this, uh, this, this gamer guy. We turn to the nerd and he's like, well, I have it all figured out. Don't you guys worry about a thing. Got it. I've got it sorted out. Um, and I'm like, great, great, Sounds great. like you've Let got me... a lot of problems. <laughs> no, we don't, we, we don't really hear a problem here. It's like, good, good, good. And he said, except this one, this one student just gave me a lot of trouble. I don't like the questions he asks. It's like, you can figure everything out except you, except for this one student. And you're like, yeah, I'm thinking I might have to, uh, I might have to do something about him. Talk to his, uh, well, I can't really talk to his parents because it's a university college and everybody's supposed to be a free-thinking, th- free well-minded individual. I need to figure out a way to get him expelled. I'm like, hmm, okay. And it's like my problem. <laughs> and like, talking to the artist about his problem, I'm like, well, uh, got some stuff I'd like to make for you guys, but I can't seem to get it out of my house. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, we start out, we start out like, I think we should go find something, find someone. Uh, but I don't really want to go alone because I've not really been outside of this place before. So we go out together, and we've each got these things we got to find. And first we stop at this place, the first games that we play, are at this place called Rolly Pulley Wiggle Base. And in this place, there's these people who advance towards you and then, like, go back. You're like, okay, that's weird. And you realize they don't really leave where they're advancing from. They just kind of go back and sway. And you're like, what is huh. this? And that's just the nature of these people. They've got uh, their wiggle base, really pulley dolls. And uh, I, I kind of I have, have to fight them, and I have to help them figure out how to get these, these how to realize that they have these weights in the bottom of them. And that's the nature of what they are. But as we're trying to, like, they're knocking us over and <laughs> sliding uh-huh. over, bumping. You, you've seen those toys. Yeah. It's a different kind of beast. Like they hit, they hit us, and we explode into, uh, we explode into fluffy fluff uh, stuff stuffings. Um, we keep having to pull each other back <laughs> together. Now, this is uh-huh. a cooperative game, like a three-way cooperative. Rated PG game. for cartoon violence. Yeah, yeah, you have to play this game with three people. Oh. Or as one of the three people, and then maybe the computer will be the other two characters. I don't know, but it's cooperative, uh-huh. so you gotta heal each other, uh, or like pull each other to, back together, and keep fighting until we can get these, figure out a way to get these guys to stop rocking, and that's to get the rocks out of their bottoms. 
And out of all that, I'm like, I think I, I think this is something. I think this touches something on the sort of something to do with what my problem is. And so I'm like, I've got to get material from out here and bring it into into my world. From this point on, I start collecting things as we go, material to bring back into my world, or back into Destructopolis. Then we get to the levels that affect the gamer the most. And this is a very spidery, wild, very tangled place called the Seven Deadly Spins. And there are these uh, (laughs) masterful craftsman spiders who spin their webs to create things. But these things are the most vicious, carnivorous dolls we've ever seen. They consist of eating too much. They consist of looking at themselves in the silk a little too long. Oh, um, no. Looking in the silk? Uh, it's very reflective silk that can be used as a mirror. There are these green-eyed ones. There's cyclops. These green cyclopses that dolls as well. And the spiders keep producing them, and we keep fighting them. And each time you defeat one, you realize something about yourself. And you get realization points at the bottom of the screen. You know, of course, you'll have seven levels of realization that you've got to fill out completely as you fight these. But what you're noticing is these are the things that you've been fighting in your room, but a little more conceptually. And you had to come out of here to see that. And, of course, I, as we fight them, collect the raw material from them exploding and us killing them. And I'm like, I've got more... Uh, I've got more cloth material along with silk from these evil spiders or these crafty spiders, I should say. We come to the other part of the game, which is a bunch of wax fruit. It's a, it's, it's more of a clearing, but we've got this wax fruit that uh, you can't really eat it. But this affects Puzzle more because he sees all these fruits give him all these insights into the deeper meanings of life. The things that you need, like compassion, like um, to be gentle, to be uh, loving. It's like these things that you can't really prove through science. And he sees these fruits that you can't eat, but they're more, they're less tangible. They're for the mind and they're made of wax. So they're to look at. Um, And he's like, ah, these are things that you really just need to ponder. You can't really just solve them. I'm like, what does that bring us? Like, how are we going to bring... Uh, I'm like, what can I collect here? I, I just collected a bunch of wax and uh-huh. fruit, but we're somehow going to say, yes, yes, we are going to bring this. We're going to bring this back to Destructopolis, and this is going to help us. We get to this uh, gondola... Um, we get to this gondola uh, station for getting onto this cable car that's going to take us... That, that turns around. And for whatever reason, this place is called Repentance Station. I'm like, that's a weird thing to call it. And then we all start crying because (laughs) (laughs) there's these three mirrors. And they have have, uh, roly-poly wiggle dolls, but it's just the right height for me to see my face in it. And I'm like, why does this have so much meaning to me? But I I feel so much freer now. And I've got all these materials I'm going to take back with me. And then there's this mirror right at the right height for, for the gamer to look into. And it's got and it's covered in spiders. But when they clear away, he's like, "That's my face. I'm so I'm so evil." That <laughs> <laughs> comes to the right level for the game for the gamer to look in or the nerd to yeah, look in. He's like, 
I'm a professor. All right, let's go. So we get onto the cable car, <laughs> and the station master's like, yes, you are all going to go back home, but home will not be the same. And we're like, well, uh, it won't be the same as what? It's always been the same. That's I think that's the problem. It's so stuffy in there. We're all just stuffed animals, and we're all stuffed in the same place. We, uh, he's like, yes, but the whole place is coming apart because it's gotten even stuffier. I'm like, oh, okay. And we find the place is full of dust, and all the stuffed animals are tearing each other apart and stuff. Um, but they're like, hey, 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 we're fine. We get there, and we're like, guys, you need our help. And, uh, and they don't want our help. So we start fighting them. I start fighting them with fresh materials. Um, the gamer starts fighting them with, uh, with, uh, with, with, with spider webs and, and little minion people that all, uh, will come back apart. You say, don't worry, don't worry. They'll come back apart so that you can use them for your projects, whatever merchandise you want to sell. And the nerd uh, professor guy is is speaking things he's throwing fruit at them and and that represents the the ideas he's speaking to them eventually things peter down as the fight resolves and then they they see that the whole city is about to be destroyed by a giant claw this giant claw thing is moving around he's like gonna start snatching people up he's like look we need to fight against the machine that we are inside of and so we all get together, we fight, and then we're and the whole thing comes apart. All the walls of the city fall down, and we're like, well, what does this mean for us? We're like, it means we have to go outside of the city to heal the city. We all have to we have to get outside of our bubble and move out and come back we're like, well, is this the end of the city? We're like, no, it's the beginning. So anyway, the professor goes back to his uh goes back to the university and says, Look, you cannot figure out the meaning of life, but you have to look at it. You have to contemplate it. You have to contemplate the deeper things. And I will show you through these fruits. And the kids are like, yay, can we eat the fruit? And he says, no, you look at it. And they're like, we don't get it. We're like, well, just look at it. It's pretty. And then we go back to the, <laughs> the gamer. And he's he's in his room. The de- He sees the demons. He's like, guys, you are a part of me. But you are not all of me. He said, and so, um, and so he has a, less of a fight with them <laughs> and more of a conversation with them. Then we go back to the artist who has actually opened his front door and is selling merchandise out there. And they're like, wow, this is a little different. And like, no, no, it's the same. It's just I collected the pieces and put them together in a very special way that looks different. You got to think outside the bubble. And so anyway, you got to think outside the toy box. And uh, that, yeah. that's how we go on our, that's how these stuffed animals go on their journey. And each level is a game of self-discovery. Wow. Bean. That was a trip. I'm not going to tell you who's ahead right now. Did he get more points because he was talking a long, long... You don't get long. points for length. You get points for understand being understandable, um, for being... Sometimes brevity is what gets you points in these things. Well, the more you throw at the wall, the more sticks. It's just, it's just statistically accurate. I mean, the the longer someone's talking to me, the less I pay attention. It, it's more about, like, if you were concise enough that the main points were clear, which I worry about after I've been rambling a long time, whether you followed the assignment correctly, like, there's just, like, one thing you have to do. And if you spoke a long time and didn't do that one thing, you're out. Um, doesn't have to go long. and uh, And long doesn't necessarily help you.
Rest assured, I have taken all such considerations into account. account. Yes. Do you like the uh, the map of the game that I created? Oh yeah, that is good. So, the next round is what not to do. What happens? Because you're gonna fail some puzzles. You're probably gonna get beaten in combat a couple times. What happens when you fail and how do you get back on track and what how does that alter your game and the story and the mechanics and stuff like that? I've got I've got stuff that I can I can roll with. Okay then. I will keep the timer going for Samuel and give you a couple readiness points. Okay. So first of all, there's the slightly obvious option of having multiple endings. This type of game that I have if you remember two hours ago when I presented my game um, <laughs> it was a narrative driven choice driven game which would very much lend itself to multiple endings I would design the game to have multiple en- possible endings each reflecting different outcomes based on the choices player make and the extent to which the protagonist nerd successfully overcomes their narcissism the endings could range from more redemptive to less optimistic based on the player's decisions there's also so there's redemption through consequences if the protagonist nerd fails to fully overcome their narcissistic tendencies the consequences of their actions should be evident in the ending they receive they might achieve some level of growth but still struggle with ego-driven behavior resulting in a bittersweet ending where they realize that the journey is still going on this could then lead on to a new game plus or a sequel where you would replay the game with additional insights gained from the previous playthrough or in a sequel, you could delve deeper into the protagonist's continued growth, allowing the player to see how the choices in the first game influence the influences the ongoing journey. Regardless of the outcome, ensure that you feel agency in the redemption process, giving you opportunities to make those pivotal choices that influence the nerd's path, thereby allowing them to feel responsible for the character's growth or lack thereof. Incorporating the possibility of failure and redemption adds nuance to the game's narrative and encourages the player to explore different aspects of the character's personalities. It also aligns with the central theme of personal growth, showing that transformation is a journey that may have setbacks but still be worthwhile. Ooh! That was good. Samuel, you are out of time. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, cool. Alright, so as you know, this game is a journey, and each uh, destination point or area that we end up in playing a few different games, we're dealing with different kinds of demons that we gotta battle. We gotta battle the roly-poly wiggle-based creatures, who are, after all... I don't think you ever established that those were demonic... Yes, these are these are these are these are demons of a sort. Remember, this is all allegorical. Oh wow! Um, we got the seven deadly spins. We got these demonic creatures that the spider is weaving that are coming toward us. And of course, after we've uh, defeated all those, we get to fight the spider itself. And uh, we got the wax fruit forest where we've got uh, fruit attacking us, and we got to slice at it with a ninja sword. But you got to hit them in just the right way that they don't. Uh, that you don't accidentally eat them because it's not real fruit. Um, but there's things you don't do, and that's what I'm going to focus on right now. In the roly-poly wiggle base, you don't get hit by the thing that's rocking 
and you don't stay still. You gotta keep moving. That's the main thing. These things, they're staying in place and they're rocking. So if you stay still, you get hit. If you move, you don't get hit. Um, because that's the if you, advantage. If you, you move have. in the right ways. Mm-hmm. You can move around them because they're limited in where they can move. <laughs> the seven deadly spins, um, it's especially the it's especially the gamers battle but all of us are fighting this battle together he's just the one that really gains uh insight from it we're all fighting together these uh these several different kinds of demons we gotta fight them each differently but for all of them we have to not hit them too hard or else they explode and there's no material that left for the artists to use um the meaning behind that is you can't address those inner problems too harshly or else you're like beating yourself up about them exactly so don't hit them too hard or else they just explode and they're not useful for you uh-huh. um but you got you gotta hit them just hard enough that they explode into pieces that we can use the demon fruits that are flying at us um at the <laughs> at the professor what you don't do is eat them if they're wax and they'll give you insight and uh and teach you things. You gotta ask them the right kinds of questions. That one's still in the working as far as like, that's the main thing, but how I will go about that is still a little bit rusty for me. Okay. I'll be honest. And then we gotta be careful that we don't hit our friends too hard so that they explode and we don't have them anymore. We gotta be careful. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta Let's be careful um, about some of our friends that uh, we realize the difference between stuffed animals, which are our friends, and actual food which is something you can eat. And uh, and the things that are conceptual are not to be just taken in. They're to be ruminated. It's a little bit like chewing gum. You don't swallow it. Um, they're to be looked at, spoken to, observed, but not eaten, not taken like other kinds of information that's scientific, that has certain answers. It's the difference between science and philosophy. Well, guys, that was really good. If you guys want to take like a five minute break, I can tally up the points and then tell you who's where for what. Yeah, maybe this is a good time for Puzzle and me to talk to each other about our games. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. In a short and quick way, how would someone incorporate your game into real life? Because it's very much like a fantasy story Mm -hmm. rather than a guide. It's more of an independent universe and happenings like i can see the allegories but i don't see it as a system really so could you very very briefly explain how it could be a system that you could implement into into life rather than a story you can learn a lesson from yeah i mean i think usually how it is with a game it's like a movie that you're making happen as it goes so as every plot line unfolds you're the one unfolding it even though there's going to be some certain or obscure answers. So for instance, leaving the city together, it's not just going to be something you're observing. You're going to have to go to the action of doing it as you're playing the game, Uh, going together as a group. And then as we get to each of, you know, so going outside of the place where the problem is or the place where things need solving and getting a perspective from the outside. Um, I had some questions about your game. So you were saying it's like a mirror maze? There is a mirror maze level. So what are what are the levels and challenges again? There was a mirror maze one. There was one where you're trying to fix a handheld mirror 
There was one where, uh, let me find it. There's there's the multi-choice conversation pieces to it that build on the narrative and like how you go about conversations. And all of it sort of gets you to look at yourself more. Yeah, it's all kind of allegorical to a fractured mind or a, or a mistaken identity or, uh, you know, a wrong sense of self-image in one way or another, whether that is thinking too highly of yourself or thinking too lowly of yourself. I was going at the the narcissist spin. Oh, because the spider spins a narcissist doll, and, uh, and yeah. that's one of the seven deadly spins. So, are you guys ready to hear the results? Yes. Yeah. So, you guys were pretty close, but Michael won by six points. Ooh! What? So don't I, don't spend 20 minutes going over it, but what? I had a complicated system where the points kind of compounded. So, like, every round I basically had a box for a trait, like, uniqueness. And if you got one point for uniqueness, that was one point. And then if you got a second point, that point was worth a value of two because the total oh. was two. So, Whoa, look at your hand. Yeah, it's all dirty. Oh, yeah. I. This is what happens to left-handed people. I forgot that you were an evil demon of the left-handedness. What ended up happening was on the first Seriously. round, Michael, you got negative two points. You weren't ready. Samuel oh, my. Was, Samuel was ready. Samuel, your delivery and your heart... Uh, your delivery and your heart was better, but you got negative one point for being a little bit long. Mm-hmm. Uh, the length ended up really hurting your score yeah. eventually. See, I told you, Puzzle. I told, um, I told you. So what ended up happening in the second round, which is where stuff really started happening, is Michael like approached slowly but didn't lose many points. Um, yeah. And Samuel, your points were through the roof. But you ended up also losing a bunch, partly because of uh, time and partly because of not quite understanding where you're going. It felt a little bit off topic and there was a lot of time and uh, I couldn't quite He seemed to be getting excited about the story that he was making and not quite. Yeah, Yeah, I hadn't made really many like story type video games in a while, so I, I felt something new. Rising. On the second round, you did get three points for applicability because there were several times where I'm like, "Ooh, that is a really good idea." Like, I want to, I want to think of that when I think of improving myself next time. I have to do something like that, and that's how I did applicability, where there's there's a good idea that I can use. So you guys got equal points on round two for applicability, but Samuel, you did end up losing because I wrote down. I wrote down a minus point every time it felt like it was like drawing on a little bit too long or off topic. I ended up writing negative one down seven times. So with the compounding stuff, seven deadly rambles. Yeah. So he would have won by one point. Um, what Samuel, you had a lot of really good, solid like ideas and story and it was very inspirational and you had a you were more invested in your games throughout the all of the rounds yeah yeah. and 
I felt like I was emotionally con- connecting to you more. Michael, you had like a really good, unique game structure that I wasn't expecting. When it came down to it, I can show you my calculations. They're down here. Nice. These are the points I wrote down for each round, and then this is the total I did down here, and then subtracted some stuff from each of you guys. But what ended up happening is Samuel skyrocketed and fell pretty fall, far, mm. and you like you had like a wavy trend. You ended up being a little bit above Samuel just because of the rambling. And, you know, as a listener, this isn't necessarily a pre-printed game structure that you can get and just eat like a burger, peace like a river. All that happens. It's not necessarily that. You might have to dig a little deeper into this one if you want to find something that's applicable, but it might be more rewarding. I feel like what was screaming at me through this whole episode was augmented reality. Walking through your everyday life, and you're encountering situations, and I just imagined myself flashing back to these games and thinking, what would it be like in this kind of game? And that looking at that augmented reality, getting a picture of the unseen situation, coming back to what you can see and altering what you're doing yeah, in your mind, how you're saying things physically, like if you need to get something to eat better, looking at that augmented reality to help you imagine what's really happening that you can't see and then altering what you're doing to tailor to that. And I think that's a really important theme of gamification in general. That's kind of what I'm hoping gamify this will do for all of us is help us to be able to go through our day-to-day life and see these other things in the place of what we get used to seeing every day. Um, Not like, Nothing really weird about that. Just like, huh, looking at it a little differently. Like, you know what? These challenges I'm facing is combat. And that, you know, that's combat. I was like, these are actual challenges. These are things that I can get better at rather than these are things that I'm bad at. These are are levels I haven't quite unlocked yet. Um, And, you know, as long as we can, like, for a while, place this augmented reality in front of the realities we're dealing with that we don't like, Eventually, Uh we can take that augmented reality away and be like, oh, I have been enjoying this. So, we've covered a lot of exciting stuff, and I feel like this one was really uniquely beneficial. As you were saying, the audience can take what they can and maybe take this as a springboard to do their own application or maybe even their own game. Yeah, take what you will from this banquet of plentiful plenteousness. And you get this for free! It is worth what you paid for it. It's worth more than that. (laughs) (laughs) This show was worth more than nothing. Don't listen to him. Ultimately, we are doing this to, well, help each other out, but also inspire you guys in the process. And it's all up to you. But we hope we're helping you. This has been an awesome episode, guys. Thank you for joining. Thank you for watching. Thank you for co-hosting my co-hostios. Oh, polls and and Q&A at the bottom. Don't miss them. Don't miss polls and Q&A at the bottom there. If you're listening to this in the car, pull over. Turn on your hazard lights. Pull over. 
pull up your phone, scroll down below the episode, hit your poll answer, open the Q&A thing, uh, write a little question for us, and then uh, turn your hazard lights back off, go onto the highway, go, whoops, I should have kept those on, get in a car crash, die. Your story goes out to the news outlets nearby. They talk about our podcast because it was playing on your phone. Boom. Free publicity. Okay, uh, you can follow Puzzle. Uh, you can follow Sean on Ten Tiny Potatoes on YouTube and Twitch. You can follow Samuel at Moser Meadows Records on YouTube and TikTok, and Samuel Claus Tuner on Instagram. And you can follow Michael on Puzzle MTM everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, follow Michael on Puzzle MTM. And as we always say at the end of these episodes, game, game over. over. Next time on Gamify This, Samuel shaves off half his mustache while a robot named Aija prays for rain. Sean gives advice on self-care and being present, while Puzzle drops his phone in the sewer and waits for a miracle. What do these scenarios all have in common, and what's the gamified solution? Can you guess? Gamify This is a non-funded program supported by the listeners like you. Talk to your dog before talking to anybody else and see a therapist for details.